podcast is brought to you by Feel Good Omega H+. The H is for you, the human, and the plus is to emphasize our goal of helping you achieve healthier and longer life. Feel Good Omega is our first product in the new human line. Why human line? Because dogs need healthy, happy, and mobile people to go out on adventures with. And if you don't have a dog in your life, you deserve to enjoy a healthy body and sharp mind too. I've been taking Omega-3s for many years now, but if you are currently not taking them, it may be worth knowing that they are essential and the body cannot make them. Because of the impact of civilization on our food, it would be hard to come across someone who does not need Omega-3s as a supplement. Omega-3s are essential to cell repair of the whole body and the organs, They support good memory, brain, and nerve function. They reduce inflammation throughout the body without side effects. Omega-3s help cell repair, skin healing, and prevent organ disease. They will also make your skin radiant, healthy, and hair shiny. Feel Good Omega is essential to maintain heart health, which is obviously very important. In addition, as every product in our lineup, we've meticulously searched for the best ingredients to ensure that the product is top quality, free of toxins and heavy metals, and is also gentle on the planet. Feel Good Omega H Plus is free of GMO, dimethyl sulfate, and we use no methyl alcohol in the extraction process. It is also packaged in glass, which is super important for you and also for the planet. Don't miss out on feeling good. Check out Feel Good Omega H Plus at feelgoodomega-h.com. Again, the website is feelgoodomega-h.com. Hello, my dog lovers and other folks. Uh, this is Dr. Peter Tobias, and you're listening to Not Just About Dogs. Today, my plan is to talk about two things. One of them is internet troll issue, and the other one is Mrs. Kratka. And you might be curious and wondering who Mrs. Kratka is, but if you stick around, I'll explain everything. This morning, I was packing for a trip to visit my longtime friends who only a couple of months ago helped us to search for Pax when he was lost in the Swiss Alp for 18 hours. It was one of my most challenging and difficult experiences in life, not knowing where our dog was for 18 hours, wondering whether he was still alive, whether he was injured and hoping to be found by us. It was unbearable. It took me about two or three weeks to really recover from the stress of losing packs. Some people were even saying, you know, why don't you just stay home because it's safe and it probably wouldn't happen if you were not traveling. But traveling, from my perspective, is a way of bringing ourselves to present, observing other places and other cultures, keeping our mind sharp and making sure that we actually are in an optimal space to be able to do our work and help others and living a purposeful life. I've noticed that many people who stayed at one spot and never venture out, even in their backyard, uh, somewhere where they've never been, at a certain point they stop evolving, their minds start <laughs> being lazy and they become old, not physically but mentally. And one of the questions that I get about travel is, 
what I do with food when Pax is traveling. And it may surprise you, but it's actually really simple. I take frozen food in the cooler for the first few days. And then after that, we either buy meat and produce locally or feed him packed preserved jars of meat. Personally, I do not like dehydrated food much as it is difficult to know what it looked like before processing. But when we go hiking and camping, we may dehydrate the food ourselves to keep our packs light. So basically, when I go for the weekend, I usually take two frozen packs of uh, meat and I sometimes pre-made the vegetables and put them in the container, uh, leave them, let them sit on top of the frozen meat packs so they cool and I put it in a cool box and it actually lasts and sometimes I have to even defrost it before I feed it because it stays frozen very well. So this weekend, as I was packing for the trip, without much thought, I packed Pax's fabulous four essentials, the vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and omega oils to take along. And as I was putting them into the basket, a recent interaction on Facebook popped into my mind. Someone had slammed my article on preventing and treating diabetes by saying that I wrote it only to push my products. And some people may think that comments like these make me upset, but it is not the case. It actually makes me wonder if, they, if these people think of me that way because they have not found work that they love and maybe they don't have a sense of purpose in their life. I'm also a bit perplexed because people do not seem to be upset about, let's say, Dr. Hauschka selling high quality facial care or Marie Forleo charging a fee for participation in her courses. People are not upset about Elon Musk making and selling electric cars while also writing articles and recording videos on the importance of transition towards electromobility. But when I write an article to help people transition from drug-based reactive medicine towards preventive proactive system, some people's reactions can be quite nasty. And I sometimes wonder why is it that people only feel this way about vets? Perhaps it would be different if I made the products and didn't use them for my dog or myself, but I do use them and I honestly believe that they're important in creating and maintaining health. In my experience, it seems that the trolls who enjoy spending time putting other people's work down do not have much they are contributing to the world. Have you had the same experience or is it just me? I guess all I can really do is to take a deep breath, muster empathy for the negative trolls and move on. The best antidote is for me to continue my work of writing articles and formulating supplements to help to keep dogs and people healthy. By the way, did you know that there are currently about 400 articles and blogs available on my website? If you have not been to it uh, for some time, check it out. Use the search button or search field. There's a lot of resources that you can use to keep your dog healthy. And it makes me really happy to be able to pass it on and do it for free. And we also have customer service who actually answer eight out of 10 questions of people who never have been and never will become customers. So this is how we work um, in our company. It's been real fun to be able to um, help those who can't afford veterinary care or those who question whether everything they've been recommended is correct for their dog. So now I would like to go to the second part of this podcast and ask if you have a big fan on the other side, meaning people or animals who have passed on 
but you feel they're still present in your life. After 57 years, I have kind of abandoned the idea of chasing happiness and having a so-called dream life. I no longer set any destinations or goals and trust that contentment comes from doing my best to make a difference in as many lives as possible. I have said it before, many people's unreasonable expectations of happiness have their root in Disney movies of fairy tale lives of princesses and princes who are flawless in every way. They never seem to go to work, do laundry or other chores, or spend sleepless nights looking after colicky kids and changing shitty diapers. Unlike fairy tales, real life is full of strife and challenges for all of the plants, animals and humans existing on our planet, and expecting challenges not to be part of life is simply unreasonable. Challenges, tragedies, mistreatment and human drama touches everyone's lives. Even those who outwardly appear to be very fortunate will tell you that their lives have not been a walk through the park. Thank God for our dogs, who are a constant grounding force and have been helping us in so many ways. But there is another important element that many of us have been supported by. People outside of our families who love us and support us when life is tough. Today, I would like to tell you about one of my dearest friends, Mrs. Kratka, in translation Mrs. Short, who passed away when she was 93. Mrs. Kratka was an Austrian who married a German in the 30s. Obviously, not all Germans were bad, but they all had to obey their draft orders, serve and possibly die for the Reich. Sadly, Mrs. Kratka lost her husband in the war, and she eventually remarried in my hometown of Khomutov in the German-Czech territory called Sudetenland. For centuries, Germans and Czechs lived there together, but when the Germans took over Europe, the Czechs had to move out. After the war was over, the Germans were ordered to leave. Suddenly, many mountain towns and villages were half empty, and families who had practically nothing to do with Hitler's insanity were uprooted and forced to move. At the time, Mrs. Kratka was lucky because her husband was Czech and she didn't have to leave. I have many fond memories of Mrs. Kratka. She and her husband lived in a house nearby a lake where we would spend our summers and we used to stop by to visit with her on our way back home. The best part of our visits usually came at the end when Mrs. Kratka disappeared into her bedroom and returned holding a bar of West German chocolates brought to her by friends who were deported to West Germany after the war. The chocolate bars had big roasted hazelnuts in it, and to me, they tasted like heaven. There was also a little bit of a dark side to my visits with Mrs. Kratka. She was a dog lover and a pro at spoiling her dogs. Throughout her life, she had several yappy Pomeranians who lived to attack my ankles every time I arrived. But the chocolate bars and succession of fabby monsters are not the main reason why I am talking about Mrs. Kratka today. It is very likely that Mrs. Kratka rescued me and my future life. No, I have not received an inheritance or trust fund. I received something much more important from her. I would like to tell you about the Mrs. Kratka effect. I have never quite understood what compelled my two-year-old self to prepare my toughest life lesson so early on. 
The story goes that our family was at the dinner table and my father spanked my older sister, which was very normal in the 60s, of course. When I saw this, I apparently stood up in my high chair at the table, barely talking, yelling at my father, you are an animal, we lock you in the cage. I now understand that calling another human being an animal is actually a compliment, but I was little and I didn't understand that. The problem was that my father didn't take me defending my sister very well. And for the next 16 years, my fate was sealed. I'm sure my father loved me in some way, but his temper was violent and I became his favorite lightning rod, beaten and bullied by him frequently. It was not easy, but as a pretty stubborn kid, I was determined to show him that I was stronger than he was. My response was that I decided to live the life of his dreams that he could never achieve because he lived behind the Iron Curtain. He wanted to move to Canada, I did. He wanted to become a veterinarian in Canada, I did. He wanted to travel, I did. Eventually I realized that living my life despite my father was a dumb way to live and we eventually made up before he died. However, I am sure that my early childhood experience has had a huge influence on the outcome of my life. Who knows where I would be if I had been treated better. I know this is crazy to say, but I do believe that people who have life that is too easy early on may be challenged and handicapped. But there was another ingredient without which I would not be able to create a good and fulfilling life for myself and help others. It was what I call the Mrs. Kratka effect. She knew that my dad was harsh with me and she wasted no time boosting my confidence by telling me that I was her favorite. I'm certain her support was deliberate and that she hoped her encouragement would counteract the damage done to me by my father. When I eventually settled in Canada, I was thrilled that then 87-year-old Mrs. Kratka accepted my invitation to visit me in Vancouver. Don't worry, honey, she replied to her husband who was concerned about her traveling. I will come back, either alive or in a coffin. I loved her sense of humor. The visit was great. We traveled around British Columbia and I was so happy to be able to say thank you to the very special person who believed in me and played such a crucial role in my life. She held me up when I needed it the most. A few years later, shortly after Mrs. Kratka's 92nd's birthday, I received a phone call from her family that she was in the hospital and would unlikely return home. It took me no time to decide to book an 11-hour flight back home to say goodbye, and I called her family to tell her that I was coming. She passed away one hour after I arrived in the hospital. She was waiting. The moral of the story is that we all need a Mrs. Kratka in our lives, but we can also make the world a better place by being one for those who need our support. Maybe if the internet trolls had their own Mrs. Kratka in their lives, they would not need to take pleasure from tearing others down. <laughs>